2: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
3: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another live Mailbag Podcast. That's right. It's Tuesday night. It's the Locker Room app for all you iOS users out there. Make sure you download the Locker Room app. It literally costs you nothing. The app is free. To create an account is free. I love that every Tuesday there's some people that want to jump on here, talk about the black and gold. But before we get started, I want to mention that my podcast and all of our podcasts at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com are a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation and Vox Media. And all we all there's so much content on the website. It should be your one stop shop for all things stealers. But also on the audio side of things, there really should be uh, a notification that there's more shows than mine. I know that a lot of people enjoy my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But there are some really, really great shows, whether it's Dave Schofield, Stat Geek on Thursdays, uh our deputy editor, Michael Beck, the live mic on Tuesdays, and all of our afternoon shows, make sure that you absolutely check out all of our stuff. And you do that by finding wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtains, subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing. All right. I wanted to get this show started off right. And I wanted to kind of go away from the draft. Not that we're not going to talk about the draft because we will. When I dive into our Twitter mailbag, the majority of the questions for today's mailbag were about the NFL draft. But I decided that for this podcast, I wanted to kind of start in a different direction. And by all means, if, if you're watching or listening live on Lock Room, and if you ever want to speak, just put in a speaker request. I'd be glad to have you on to talk about the black and gold of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to start off talking about Ben Roethlisberger. The other day, I was thinking about this contract that Roethlisberger signed. Now, For those that don't know, it, everyone's assumed that it was just a one-year deal. It's not. It's probably a four-year deal or a five-year deal, actually. And what that means is that the Steelers took this new contract. They were able to stretch out what they call voidable years. And that means that during the, net, the last four years of the contract, anytime that they want to cut Roethlisberger, they can, or if he retires, and then they can spread out the salary cap hit over all of those years. That doesn't mean that he has to retire. That doesn't mean that he has to step down. That doesn't mean that they're going to be looking elsewhere. In this regard, I asked myself, and I asked this question to Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis on the Steelers preview last Thursday. I said, "Do you all think this is Ben Roethlisberger's last season?" And they thought about it for a second, and both of them almost—I do not want to say resoundingly—but both of them said, kind of emphatically, that they didn't think that this was his last season. They thought that he was going to be—he's going to come back. That if he—if he wins, or he—if he, he's even successful. He's going to want to continue to play, which then brings up another question. Are the Steelers going to want him back? Are they going to want to pick up that whatever the salary cap hit is for that year? Are they going to want to do that? Or are they going to want to move on? And then on top of all that, you have to wonder, what if? And this is a crazy what if. I realize that in the grand scheme of things, this might be a a pipe dream at best. But what if the Steelers actually won a Super Bowl in 2021? It might be a long shot, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Does Roethlisberger pull a John Elway, which is, was his childhood idol, the reason he wears number seven? Does he pull a John Elway and ride off into the sunset? Does he pull a Jerome Bettis? And after Super Bowl 40, you raise the Lombardi trophy and you're on your way? Or does that kind of say, okay, I have three. Because we all know what he wants. He wants to tie Terry Bradshaw. I know that they said that they're all good, and they had their little on-air time the other – I think it was last season Bradshaw interviewed Roethlisberger. Everyone seemed honky-dory. That's all fine and great. But you know that Roethlisberger probably still is not that fond of Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw was the one that publicly criticized him multiple times uh, when it comes to – The motorcycle, that was when it started, was when Roethlisberger got into the motorcycle accident. And then the off-field situations in Nevada and Georgia. Terry Bradshaw was very critical of Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger always said he wanted to be the winningest quarterback in Steelers history. He's done that in almost every regard except for one, and that is he has not won as many Super Bowls as Terry Bradshaw. So I personally... I don't think this is Roethlisberger's last season. Is there a chance that if he still wants to play and the Steelers don't want him, that he would play elsewhere? Is there a chance that he could actually finish his career in another uniform? That that seems really crazy to think about. I mean, it's that seems like almost as much of a pipe dream as when I talked about the Steelers potentially winning it all this year. But could Roethlisberger, if he wants to continue to play and the Steelers say, thanks but no thanks, could they force him into a Heinz Ward, Troy Polamalu type of retirement? Is that actually a possibility? These are questions that we won't know because I don't think I think the the number one thing that this hinges on, the linchpin so to speak, would be Roethlisberger's play in twenty twenty one. If he plays well, then that means that a lot can change. And if he doesn't play well, then that makes things a lot easier. We'll put it that way. A lot of people want to talk here on the locker room app. Let's get Nick on first. What's up, Nick?
4: Hey, Jeff. How are you doing?
3: I'm great. How are you?
4: So what I wanted to hop on and talk about today is something that relates to, you know, if Ben Roethlisberger will do well or not this season. I actually wanted to talk about Juju. I've heard a lot of people kind of talking about how, like, oh, he's a number two. He's not a number one. A lot of people have kind of been dogging Juju. But something that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about is his, like, like, everyone talks about how he goes over the middle, but people don't talk about his, like, down-the-field threat. Like, yeah, he doesn't have speed, but I think he's, like, one of the better contested catch guys on the outside. And, like, the plays that come to mind are the time that he went went a go-route against Jalen Ramsey against the Jaguars and caught that deep ball late in the game when when the Steelers came back. And then also when he just, like, mossed, I think it was the Dolphins player in 2019 – And, like, Mason Rudolph just lobbed one up, and he took it, like, right from the guy. Like, leaped over the guy. It was crazy. So I feel like everyone talks about him, like, oh, slants over the middle. Like, he does so much more than that. He just hasn't been given those opportunities recently.
3: I agree with you, Nick, 100%. Juju Smith-Schuster is much more than just a possession receiver. You know, a lot of people say he's a glorified Heinz Ward. I disagree with that. I think he has a lot of traits of Heinz Ward. He's not afraid to go over the middle. He can make the tough catches. He can get the tough yards. But the only thing that, in my opinion, Juju Smith-Schuster lacks is burner speed, and he did have those big plays his rookie year. He did have those plays down the field. You think about the 97-yard touchdowns. I think one was against Detroit, one was against Denver. Uh, you brought up a lot of plays that he made. Uh, he where he the big catch over the Miami on Monday Night Football. He also had the catch. I think it was last season, maybe against. I want to say it was Cincinnati in the first game, or maybe it was in 2019 where he kind of went over top of him. Brought it down, and it looked like he rolled into the end zone, but he was down at the one. But still, I think about all this stuff, and Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't get the credit he deserves. My only my only thing to consider here, Nick, is when was the last time Juju Smith-Schuster made a really big play, I mean a, like a electrifying play, without Antonio Brown on the field with him? That's my question for you. And you may have to think about it, and that's fine if you do. And the reason I ask is because, yeah, we bring up the Miami defender. They were awful that year. You know, they were horrible. We bring up the catch against Jalen Ramsey. Okay, that was Antonio Brown was still on the team at that time. I feel like Juju Smith-Schuster needs someone opposite him to take attention away. I still do feel that way. You may disagree, but that's the way I feel.
4: Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Um, I guess my frustration has mostly been like, I feel like people are really low on him right now, and um, like I feel like he could still develop. Num- number one, he's still so young, you know.
0: Yeah.
3: But he also,
4: is. like, I mean, all of his routes last. Like, they, I feel like they've just been misusing him, right? And that's honestly part yeah. of the reason that i I was a little worried when they brought Juju back because I'm like, man, I hope they use him the right way because you can't be giving him these like two yard two yard out routes or two yard slants or bubble screens because that's not his play style, you know. But I think yeah. if you do, if he if he gets one on one, he's He's one of the better contested catch guys, I think, in the league.
3: No, I agree, Nick. Thank you for chiming in. Hopefully, if you want to chime in again, just put in a speaker request. And I got to say this about Juju is that he doesn't get the props he deserves, in my opinion. Uh, And it's a situation where will he be a number one? I don't know. But when it comes to the offense, I'm going to answer it with this question. If He knew that Matt Canada was back. They hired him before Juju ever came back. Would he have come back if he was expecting more of the same, especially when there were other offers on the table? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Let's bring our next caller. Uh, someone I know very well, Pam Hartman. That's my mother. Go ahead, Mom. How's it going?
1: That's not your mom. <laughs> oh, name. it's my dad. He's using my mom's hey, account. Hey. Go. First time caller. <laughs> really enjoy the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What's, all right? What's, what are you going to talk about?
1: First of all, Juju is not a number one. He'll always be a number two. And that's okay. just the way it is. They need a number one. And Claypool's probably it, and he'll be number two, which is fine. Which You need him. But I'm getting back to Ben. I'm saying okay. Ben will come back next year or a year after, even if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. If he has a good year, he'll come back. He's not going to catch Bradshaw as far as the Super Bowl goes, but I think he'll still come back no matter what. If he has you a think- good year.
3: Do you think the Steelers? Let's say he doesn't have a good year. Let's say he has a mediocre year. Do you think the Steelers still want him back?
1: Well, it depends what they get in the draft too.
3: Well, not this year, but let's say let's say the Steelers remember seventeen game schedule next year. Let's say they finish nine and eight. All right. And Ben Roethlisberger gets banged up a little bit, and he's kind of just here and there. Just it's not all that great. What do you do if you're the Steelers? Do you offer him back, or do you say thanks but no thanks, Ben? We're ready to move on.
1: Uh, I think I think they'll they'll bring him back no matter what. I think they'll leave it up to him. If yeah. He wants to come back. I think they'll let him come back. He might be the only he might be the only
3: player. Go ahead.
1: He really stinks up the you know really stinks the whole year. Uh, I think they say no. But if he has a decent year, I think they ask him to come back.
3: I think I agree. I can't disagree with that. I mean. It's Ben Roethlisberger. Now, like I said, Heinz Ward and Troy Polamalu didn't really have that option. They wanted to continue to play, and they told him, look, we're going to release you or you retire. It's up to you. So it's, it's happened before. But right. how would you play today? Did you hit him straight?
1: Uh, I hit him straight, yeah. I had trouble putting.
3: <laughs> That's a first. Hey, well, thanks. What? what? But I
1: don't think he'll go anywhere else. I don't think if, if the Steelers don't want him back, I think he retires. I
3: don't think he'll I, anywhere else. I agree with that. I agree with that. I All absolutely right. agree with it. All right. Thanks for chiming in. I appreciate it. That's my dad. All right. Let's go to the next speaker request. Brian. What's up, Brian? What's up? How's it going? What are you not, going to talk about?
0: Still fame, i not Steelers fan, but I cover enough football. I've watched it. I've done everything with it. Here's my thing. Steelers love Roethlisberger too much, and that's a big problem because you know why? He is, is the core to the work on Sunday. Not to say he's not in practice. He's there. Shows up on Sunday. You, it's time to eventually say, "Hey guys, we got to move on at some point." They should have done it. Not moved on, but they should have bought the successor in years ago. Not Mason Rudolph. No, dis- no disrespect to Mason Rudolph, but with seven, Roethlisberger misses three to four, maybe five games where he is hobbling around. If I'm Pittsburgh, I say, "Look, this is the final year. Regardless of what happens." Whether you win a Super Bowl or if you missed the playoffs, this is it. We have to move on. This is a part of, you know, I guess love and break up relationships. This is what happens. So Pittsburgh has to finally think about it. They have to move on. I think Mike Tomlin is a credible coach that can build another quarterback, and that's what it needs to be at this point.
3: Well, Brian, I absolutely I agree. There's a lot of truth in what you just said. Uh, especially with the Steelers and their fan base, Roethlisberger, he's become a little bit more polarizing uh, as his career has gone on, um, especially with some of the stuff off the field. There's not as many people that love him, but there's still the vast majority of the fan base that is just, they're just not ready to move on. My only question, though, uh, Brian, I'll ask you this, is you say you got to move on, and I understand that there's going to come a point when you have to move on. But if the Steelers are still even remotely competitive, who are you going to move on to? Now, the only thing that I'm going to say is that Dwayne Haskins in this whole discombobulated quarterback room is the wild card. Because if he actually pans out and he turns into a first-round pick, the pedigree from Ohio State, you know, we, we all know his background. He would be the only player that I could see them saying, we really like him, we want him to take over. I agree with you. It's not Mason Rudolph. But at the same time, it, let's go back to this. So hold on. Let me go back to the scenario that if they're 9-8 and eight in a 17-game regular season, they're not going to get a high enough draft pick to get a little MLE quarterback. And we know that next year's quarterback class is not as good, and the free agent crop is even worse. And so if I'm the Steelers, I'm thinking I'm okay with moving on if there's something to move on to. I'm not just going to cut Ben Roethlisberger if he's still playing at a decent level, and that's a big if. But if he's still playing at a competent level, I'm not just going to release him if I don't have some type of backup plan. You agree with that?
0: I, I'm a let, let's say it's I'm 50 50 there with it. Let me give you two franchises that struggled with these type of decisions: um, the Dallas Cowboys, but they had to do it because of me and the injuries. But it was a, maybe a year and a half too long. Miami Dolphins, Dan Marino, you love them, but again, look how long they suffered. They suffered for a long time. I know Pittsburgh is a credible franchise. But you don't want to see them go through that Dallas era, Miami Dolphins era. So at the end of the night, again, he's
3: footballing that. Move on from him. Brian, like I said, you spoke a lot of truth. I appreciate you chiming in, especially not as a Steeler fan for coming in and wanting to talk about the black and gold. I appreciate it. We're going to take a real quick break here just for the audio side. Remember, you can check out all of my podcasts every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. At 5 a.m., it's my Let's Ride podcast. You can check us out anywhere where you get your podcasts by searching Steelers. We're behind Steel Kirk. We'll be right
2: back.
0: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless
1: night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth.
3: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. second part of this live Locker Room on the Locker Room app, Mailbag, and that is a free app, only if you're an iOS user. I have to stress this, I have spoken with the people at Locker Room, and I've told them I have a large contingent of my followers that like my show, they want to be a part of the Locker Room community, yet they're not iOS users. What is up with that? And they said, we're working on it. We're going to get that Android app. We're going to make sure that all the Google users out there can join you. I just hope it's sooner than later. I hope it's before the season starts. We'll put it that way. That's my hope. But here we are, live on Locker Room. Had some great discussion already talking about Ben Roethlisberger, anyone that's listening live on Locker Room that wants to talk to go ahead and put a speaker request in. And I want to kind of piggyback off of what we talked about in the first segment and really kind of move into – Talking about quarterbacks in general, and this is kind of something that Brian, who was just on the on the line the last of the end of the last segment, he was talking about how the Steelers just have to move on. They have to move on, and I understand that. I get it. I completely understand where, especially someone from outside that's not a fan of the team. And Brian openly said that he is not a Steeler fan. I understand where that would come from. But again, what do you what do you move on to? It's a situation where you can't just move on, in my opinion. Not as an NFL franchise, not as the Pittsburgh Steelers, not as Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season in his career since he's been hired as a head coach in 2007. So you can't just say, "Well, we're just going to move on for the sake of moving on." And then I brought up the scenario of they're nine and eight, and I keep on having to remind myself that there's 17 games now, and so that you're so used to saying, "Oh, eight and eight, or ten and six, or nine and seven. It, it all changes. and that drive, I, I hate it. Still, it is what it is. The Steelers then would be looking at mid-round quarterbacks if they're continuing to be mediocre or above to try and replace Roethlisberger. And that's that's a challenge. That is a challenge because it's not every single draft class where you have someone... Well, I'll throw out a couple names from this draft class. Kyle Trask from Florida, who's actually had... There's a lot of people that believe he could be He has the potential to be a late first-round, second-round pick. Kellen Mond of Texas A&M is another quarterback that is expected to go in the second to third rounds. Some are even saying early second rounds. Has a ton of potential, but he's going to need time. Well, the Steelers, if they have anything, they have time. They have time to devote to a young quarterback because we know that Roethlisberger is at least going to be here for the 2021 season. And so if you draft a young quarterback that you know is going to need time to develop and to mature and to learn the system, they can do that in 2021. And then the hope is, is that they actually turn into the next guy. You don't just want another guy, you want the next guy. And when I say that, you're looking for the quarterback that is for sure, no doubt going to be your quarterback for the next, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. It's tough to find those. We all know the, the names from the Bradshaw to Ben era. And we're talking Mike Tomczak, Bubby Brister, uh, Nick had uh, I could go on with Tommy Maddox, Cordell Stewart, Neil O'Donnell. Uh, there's just so many names, and you want to try to avoid that at all costs. The problem is, is that it's easier said than done. And so these mid-round quarterbacks that the Steelers and the rest of the NFL might be thinking about in this upcoming draft at the end of the month They might be enticing. I said this. I'll say it again. The upcoming 2022 draft class, the expected players, the quarterbacks that are going to be entering that draft, are not not as good as this, this crop right now in 2021. And so when you think about it in that aspect, if the Steelers are going to try for it and they're going to go for it, you think that they would have to do it this year. And again, Dwayne Haskins is the wild card. Former first round pick, Ohio State pedigree. He's got it all. He's got the skill, but does he have the above the shoulders ability to keep himself on the straight and narrow off the field to really work hard and to show that in Matt Canada's system, he can be a starter. They, they, they definitely have some issues after the season A quarterback. Mason Rudolph is going to be a free agent after this year. His rookie contract is up. Then you also have Dwayne Haskins. He signed a one-year deal. Now the Steelers can put in a restricted free agent tender on him to try to keep him. So they have that control with him. Roethlisberger again. You have that voidable years. The Steelers are going to have to make some decisions. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. But again, it all hinges on the play of Ben Roethlisberger. And let's—I'll be—I'll be honest. I'm excited for the preseason this year. Not getting a preseason last year. I'm excited to see some of these young players that didn't see the field that much. I'm anxious to see someone like Antoine Brooks Jr. I talked about him on my Monday show. Uh, I just want to see what he can do when he's given more of an opportunity. Is he going to be a safety that could actually play down in the box like Mike Hilton? Or is he someone that's really just a special teams guy? Uh, I think about Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph didn't get a preseason last year, and he did play Sparingly in the uh, 2020 uh, season, he played in Dallas. in the end of the first half, when Roethlisberger left with knee issues, he played in Week 17 at Cleveland. Played well, by the way. But Dwayne Haskins is going to get—he's going to get to go out there, and he's going to get to show what he can do. And so it's going to be really exciting. I'm excited for that. And we have a lot of time until then. And obviously, the draft coming up at the end of the month. I did not ignore the Twitter mailbag. You know, we didn't. I put at the tweet out late. I forgot about it. It was a busy day at work. I forgot about the tweet. Didn't have a huge response. And I I told myself that's okay. I'd rather have the people on locker room talking to me. Let's get this conversation started. I want to try to drum up stuff for that. So it's not a huge deal that my ride or die crew kind of let me down. They kind of let me down. So Wes Hickok, who's a big fan of the show and all of our programs, appreciate Wes. He says, what is the one or two positions other than punter or kicker that you'd be disappointed with if the Steelers selected at number 24. And he's referring to the Steelers' first-round pick, which is pick number 24. So if you're just talking about positions, you're just talking about what positions would I be disappointed. One of them is I'll do one offense and one defense. For me, at pick number 24, if they took a defensive lineman, I'd be very upset. You know, they bring back Chris Wormley. They luck out and get Tyson Aluwalu back. Cam Hayward signed a big deal last year. Stefan too, had signed a big deal the year before. What else do you need? I just named four players that just got paid by the Steelers in one way, shape, or form, and you still have someone like Isaiah Bugs. You still have someone like um, Sean, I'm, I'm sorry, Carlos Davis. You have Henry Mondo. They have depth there, and they're continuing to sign some players off the street at the defensive line position. If they were to take a defensive lineman in the first round, I would be upset. I'm Maybe not upset. I'd be disappointed. It just didn't seem like drafting a player there at that position at number 24 would make sense. They're not going to play that much this year. It's just going to be kind of worthless, in my opinion. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, it's a little different because I feel like on offense, there's more team needs. But I'll be honest here again. And my honest opinion is that if they were to take a wide receiver at number 24, I would kind of be upset. Because I think that they can, A, they've proven over and over and over again that they can find talent in the middle to late rounds you think about it but a lot of them have been second round picks James Washington was a second round pick Juju Smith-Schuster was a second round pick people forget to chase Quaypool was a second round pick even though he was their first pick in last year's draft um you, you could go on to Emmanuel Sanders was a mid-round draft pick Antonio Brown was a six-round draft pick Uh, Mike Wallace was not a first-round draft pick. They have been able to find really good receivers that are not in the first round. And although I do think they need to draft a receiver, at least a receiver in this upcoming draft, because if you look at the writing on the wall, Juju Smith-Schuster is probably going to be gone after this one-year contract expires. James Washington's rookie contract is going to be up after this season. You have to think that they're going to have to replace them. And Ray-Ray McLeod, if you want to include him in the receiver group, he too is going to be uh, – of his contract's going to be up after the season. They're going to have to pick up some receivers. They're going to have to find some depth, and I expect them to do that, but just not at number 24. So, Wes, to answer your question, again, the two positions, one on offense and one on defense, that I would be disappointed with if they took it in the first round. The first one on defense is defensive line. The second one is at wide receiver. All right, let's go. West Coast guy. He says, after Ben Roethlisberger retires, it will likely take four to five years to be competitive. That's a talking point there. I'm not sure if I agree with that. but we'll still... He said, by that time, Najee, referring to Najee Harris, the Alabama Crimson Tide running back that's in the upcoming draft group, his contract would be up. So is there really any point in taking a running back at 24, given that we rarely extend a second contract at the position? All right. There's a lot to digest here. And I'm going to start with the first statement here, and that is that after Roethlisberger retires, it will take four to five years to be competitive. I'm going to politely disagree with you, their West Coast guy. And the reason I'm going to disagree with you is because of the Steelers' defense. The Steelers' defense will always keep them competitive. And so that's the term that you use, not me. You said it will take four to five years for them to be competitive. I think that this defense is good enough, and they will be good enough. When you look at the young players on the defense, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Devin Bush, Stephon Tewitt is still fairly young, Minka Fitzpatrick is still young, those pieces of that puzzle are probably not going anywhere anytime soon. So that defense is going to be good enough to keep them in games. So then you just have to talk about the conversation that we've been having this entire show about the quarterback. And do they have a quarterback that can win them some football games? And if I go back and look at the laundry list of players that were between Bradshaw and Ben, there were some quarterbacks that really weren't that great that still won a lot of games. Why? The defense was really good. You think about Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart wasn't a great quarterback. He had some moments, but he wasn't a great quarterback. He got them to several AFC Championship games. They were extremely competitive. uh, And that's the turn that you used. So with that said... When you say, why even sign a running back at number, pick number 24 when their 50-year option will be up, it doesn't make sense. You could basically say that with any position then. If you're going to use that logic that, oh, well, they're not going to be competitive, so why don't they just – it, well, why even have a first-round pick? Like, why don't you just trade it? And then if they do that, that's one thing. But still, it, this line of thinking is common and my thought process through this is number 1 i don't think they're going to be i think i do think they're going to be competitive number 2 is that if you find a running back that you think is going to help the offense get better that's going to fit in Matt Canada's system then you take that player you take the best player available and so at 24 if that player's a cornerback you you're not going to say okay i'm not going to take him because when Ben Roethlisberger retires We're not going to be competitive, and then by the time the fourth-year option is up, whatever. I understand what he's saying about the contract. Rarely do the Steelers give a running back a second contract. But let's also not forget the last time they had a running back that was worthy of a second contract, they tried. He just turned it down. It wasn't that the Steelers were saying, man, I just don't understand why they didn't try to sign Le'Veon Bell. They did. They tried for a couple seasons to sign him back, and he didn't think it was what he was deserved. And in, in retrospect, I'm sure he would say, he might not say this publicly, but I bet if you add him in behind closed doors, off the record, he'd say he made a mistake. He made a mistake when he left Pittsburgh. I guarantee you that. Uh, I want to say that Mauricio just joined us, and not not for very long, and he just chimed into the, uh, the locker room uh, discussion table and said, hey, Y'all lost James Conner, RIP. Well, first and foremost, James Conner didn't die. So, not rest in peace. But he did get signed by the Arizona Cardinals. I should have started the show off with that. I didn't. I apologize. James Conner was picked up today. He's an unrestricted free agent. It's not that he was traded. Not that the Steelers just kind of discarded him. The Steelers media tried to make this out to be some big thing. You know, the Steelers, if you didn't know the Steelers were going to go running back in the the draft, you do now. If they wanted James Conner, I feel like they would have signed him already. I'm going to be just blunt there with that. If they wanted James Conner, they would have already signed him. And they didn't. And he knew it. Art Rooney II's comments made it very clear. They, they understood that this was going to be the last. This is going to be the very last year for James Conner. And it is. He's now a member of the Arizona Cardinals. He joins a laundry list of, of players that have gone from Pittsburgh to Arizona, we had this list going in the article that ran on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're talking Brian McFadden, Richard Mendenhall, Alan Fanica finished his career in Arizona, Max Starks. Um, Joey Porter played in Arizona for a brief stint. Um, I, I know there's names that I'm missing, but still, uh, there was a, there's a ton of players there. They call it Pittsburgh West for a reason, and James Conner is just the latest on that list. Jim uh, Ski says in the discussion tab on Locker Room, Jeff, didn't you say you would sing if Pittsburgh picked a quarterback in the first round? No, I did not. I said that I would write a song, and that song would be called Jeff is an Idiot if Trevor Lawrence is not taken first overall. That's what I said, and that's, that's been recorded. It's been published. If Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, is not the first overall pick, even if he goes at two, or if they trade that pick, I said if he's not the first overall pick, I will get my guitar, I will write a song, and I will sing it on the air called Jeff is an Idiot. So we'll see if that happens. I did see someone said if Trey Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback, he someone had it mocked up that he actually fell to 24 and the Steelers took him. I said that if, if, if he did if he fell to the Steelers at 24, and this is all on Twitter, by the way. You can follow me on, on Twitter, at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. That if he falls to the Steelers at 24, I will do a polar plunge. And someone said, you got to go to Pittsburgh. I said, I'm probably not going to go to Pittsburgh, but I'll do it. And we would stream it live on YouTube so that everyone knows that I did it. But if that happens that would be awesome. And I would gladly jump into ice cold water uh, if that does happen. So there you have it. So Jim, hopefully I cleared that up for you. Hopefully we had some fun. I know I had some fun talking with everyone today. It's been a blast. I enjoy all these Tuesday evening sessions where we talk about the Steelers. Hopefully the next time we have some people that are willing to put in some speaker requests and talk about it, not just be there to listen. That's okay though. Make sure if you're just listening, you also listen to all of our podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. Also, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I thank you all for listening. I'll be back on Friday to talk about all the latest Pittsburgh Steelers news and notes. Until then, be safe, be tough. God bless. We'll see you on Friday. Go you.